Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. This podcast is designed to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and live the life you dream about. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 460. In today's podcast interview, my guest is sharing with you the brain science behind success and ultimately how you can be the best that you can be. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Liam Naden. Liam, welcome. Hi, Heather. Great to be here. Thanks for having me on your show. I think what I love most about podcasting is I get to um, connect with people from around the world. So I'd love for you to give listeners a little background. You know, where are you from? Where are you currently at? And then um, what do you do? Okay, well, I'm a speaker, teacher, writer, and researcher, really on trying to answer the question, how do we really get the results we do in our life, good and bad? And that, that really uses up all my time and, and most of my energy, which, I, which I'm thrilled to be spending, spending it on. Um, but I'm originally, as you might pick up from my accent, I'm originally from New Zealand, um, but currently I live in Europe. And, but I have people all around the world who I work with. Yes. How did you get into this work? Well, actually, it really came from a, a catalytic, is there a word, catalytic moment? Yeah. A, moment of cat, a moment of catalyst, which was, I'd really studied, probably, and I'm sure exactly like you and many of your listeners, I'd always been a student of success pretty much throughout my life. I'd always had this question in my mind, both conscious and subconscious, how can I be the best that I can be? How can I be more? How can I have a great life? How can I be in control of my life? How can I feel that I can, um, that life is really exciting? So it's a question that really sent me in all sorts of directions throughout my life. I was brought up in a religious family. So initially, I thought the answer was in religion, because religion teaches, or certainly I was taught as a child, if you want to be happy and successful, which is even then what I was looking for, then the answer is you ask God for what you want. You pray to God, and God will give it to you. Well, it didn't quite work out for me, and it didn't seem to work out for most of the people I knew, including you know, my parents and teachers, because they didn't seem to be that much happier or more successful than anyone else. Yeah. But anyway, but there was a clue there, and we can talk about that later uh, as well, about what religion teaches about what or how to create success in your life, what it really teaches. Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, please be sure to leave a five-star review. I want to offer you some additional resources. Visit my website, heatherhakes.com, and sign up for my free video training on how to reprogram your subconscious mind. Again, visit my website, heatherhakes.com. I've also created a self-study course all about mindset and manifesting. You can find this on my website, heatherhakes.com forward slash course. Finally, if you are ready to deep dive and really transform your life, I offer one-on-one coaching. I will help you create clarity and a roadmap so you can live the life you dream about. Best part? 
Everything I teach, you can start implementing right now. To learn more and schedule your free discovery call, visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching. Now, back to regular programming. But anyway, um, that led me into all sorts of different directions. I set up my own businesses because I was told that if you want to be happy and successful, that's the way to go. And I've had 18 different businesses in my life in all sorts of different areas, some more successful than others. And I also, alongside that, studied everything I could to do with how to be successful. So if I heard from heard of somebody who had an idea or who said, I've got, an, I've got a process or a method or, or something that can help you be more successful, I really went into that. And I went to seminars all over the world, including to your fine country. Yeah. And, and from New Zealand, it's a long way away yeah. to go to a seminar. But I did. Went to lots of seminars. I did lots of courses, I read lots of books, studied everything I could on personal development, self-help, you know, goal setting, reprogramming your subconscious mind, changing your beliefs, doing affirmations, motivation, all sorts of different methods and techniques. And I also studied spirituality, meditation and different spiritual practices and techniques as well. But what I noticed was, or was should I say my catalytic, catalytic moments, was in my mid-40s, I went from being a multi-millionaire, having achieved a respectable amount of success with you know, multiple homes and multiple businesses and things appearing to go pretty well. I went from that almost overnight to becoming homeless, losing everything. And I had to move back in with my elderly mother and sleep on the sofa in her living room in her small apartment. That was how you know, I literally just lost everything. And why that was such a defining moment for me, or time really, was it got me thinking, how could this have happened to me? Because I have studied success all my life. I've been successful. I've really worked on, I have so much knowledge and information about how to achieve goals, how to set goals, how to use your thoughts, how to use your mind, how to create your, to be in control of your life. And all of a sudden, I feel completely out of control of my life. I mean, I didn't, this wasn't on my goals list, <laughs> was to lose everything. So I was really puzzled by it. And I thought, I, you know, I, I just really can't figure it out at all. And the worst thing was, I didn't really know how to get out of the situation I was in either. Because even though I was living on my mother's couch, I couldn't figure out, how am I going to get, get back on my feet? How am I going to start earning money again? How am I going to get back into my own place so I don't have to to be on, you know, sleep on a sofa for the rest of my life. I just had no clue on what to do. But what actually happened after that was my, I did get through that whole, obviously got through that situation and my life started to improve, but it started to improve in quite a different way. So I started to get back into setting up my own businesses again and doing things that I really enjoyed. But one of the big differences I noticed, the, well, there was a huge difference. Whereas previously, I felt like I'd been chasing after success. I'd always been trying to learn more, trying to do the next workshop seminar or get some more information, set bigger goals and be motivated and, and determined and, you know, just with grim determination, try and overcome obstacles. And as part of the success I had, quote unquote success, I had a lot of problems and stress in my life to deal with as well. And it was like I came to understand or believe what many people have said, which is 
problems and stress, they're a natural byproduct of success. If you want to be successful, you're going to have to deal with problems. You're going to have to deal with stress. You're going to have to overcome challenges. And I actually thought, well, if this is the way life is, if this is what success is, well, it's not really quite, a, quite what I signed up for. I want to be happy. I, I don't want to have problems and stress in my life. I want to feel in control of my life. I don't want to be dealing with things that make me feel bad. But the difference with life after my catalytic moment experience mm -hmm. was instead of me chasing after success, always going after more and trying to figure things out and trying to work things out and trying to, to, to make things work and having lots of problems and stress, it felt very different because it was like success was actually coming to me without getting too corny about it, if you like. I was attracting success. That's what it felt like. So people would come into my life. Different situations would show up in my life that gave me opportunities to do things that worked out really well. And I'd come up with new ideas that of something, a, a different way to do something. And it worked really well as well. And things were flowing a lot better. And the best part about it of all was I realized one day I didn't really have any problems or stress. I didn't have all this stuff I had to deal with that made me feel bad. I actually woke up, would wake up in the morning, and I still, I still am like this, wake up in the morning excited about the day, looking forward to it and wondering what was going to, going to happen and what good things were going to happen, rather than dreading opening my email inbox, which is what I used to do, yeah. and go to bed at night excited by what was coming up the next day not worrying about all the problems so that really sent me on a on a quest to say I'm doing something very differently because yeah. I had all of this knowledge all of this information but I actually feel a lot happier a lot more successful things are working a lot better and this feeling of being in control of my life and actually doing the things I really enjoy doing without the distraction of things I don't enjoy doing this is working so I need to figure out what I'm doing differently because I, I want to make sure I keep doing it. I, I don't want to mess this up. This is working. Okay. So that's what has sent me on this journey to uncover the secret, really, of your of the brain, which is what I found is the, is the key to it all. I just want to pause right there because I want to dissect some of the stuff you've shared to this point. Because ultimately... It's a bit much to take on, isn't it? Well, I mean... Months. No, yeah. I mean, I have a lot of notes and, and the reason I want to dissect it is because I know a lot of people are going to relate to this, but ultimately I want to show, you know, the conditioning and programming, what you were doing, chasing that success, chasing the stress, chasing what you're supposed to do to make you happy, ultimately to having the shift, this change and things were flowing to you. So let's back it up. First question. What is your definition of success? Being happy right now. Okay, wait, time out. What was your definition of success? Well, it probably it probably was the same definition, but how you achieve that, how I thought you achieved that was quite different. I thought it was through stress, struggle, overcoming more and, and yes. greater challenges and yeah. continuing to, to, to chase it. That's how you find happiness. And, that's, and it was elusive. You know, happiness is a biological state too. It's not just an idea. It's actually our biological purpose, which I'm sure we could, we'll get into talking about what that means. Yeah. So you feeling good right now is the, def is the only definition of success, because when you think about it, everything that you think success means is something that you think will make you happy. Yes. So if you think you're being a millionaire or having a great business or a great relationship 
if you think that's success, that's not success. It's the feeling that, that you think that will give you mm-hmm. that is this is what you're after. And what do you what is the feeling you want? You want to be happy. You think yeah. those things are going to make you happy. So ultimately, we all want one thing. We all want to be successful, which is we want to feel good. That's it. Okay. In my well, opinion. <laughs> kind of like on that note, a lot of people chase money, but what are they actually chasing? Freedom, abundance, exactly. adventure. So, okay. What money will do for them. Right. They think it will do for them. It's not money. It's the byproduct of money, right? So my next question was, and I can relate to this. I, I kind of coined the term self-help junkie. I got addicted to chasing the high, going to courses and taking courses, going to seminars, reading the next book, having to like, you know, I hit um, seven Tony Robbins events in nine months. And that was just the start. Right. And then I just got to the point that like it, I kept seeking and searching and it wasn't out there. That was my aha moment. So what was yours? Well, really, um, that it comes down to how we're biologically wired to be successful. And I could explain that, but but really one of the things I started to do after I became a lot happier and uh, my lifestyle changed, I started to spend a lot more time in nature. And it mm. occurred to me, if I want to know the answer to who am I, <clears throat> what am I here for, and how can I, you know, what makes me get the results I do, a really good place to start is to look at nature. Because we're part of nature. We're yeah. biological. We have a biological body. And we're a living creature along with everything else on the planet. So if if nature has a purpose, if nature works in a certain way, then we must work in that same way as well, biologically. And every scientist who studies biology, if you were to ask them the question, what is the purpose of life? Why does life exist, including our own life biologically? They'll all give you the same answer. The purpose of life, the whole wiring of life, the whole way life is set up is to do one thing, and that is to survive to the best of its ability. Every living thing is wired for survival by being the best that it can be. So, Because, of course, being the best that anything is gives it the greatest chance of survival. And that's the same for us as humans. We have that same biological purpose which is to be the best that we can be so that we have the greatest chance for survival to ensure the continuation of a species. That's what all biological life, um, that's the that's the way it's wired. And I thought this is really interesting because if you look at nature, what you see actually, and I really suggest this to people because hardly anyone does it anymore. Just go and sit in nature for five minutes and really look at what you're seeing, really observe it. And what you'll notice is everything is perfect. Everything is successful. Whether it's a bird, plant, an insect, whatever, an animal, whatever it is, it lives in perfect harmony in its environment and it is being the best that it can be. And in fact, um, science has, has uh, come up with, I was reading, reading somebody interesting recently who said that um, nature's 98% successful. Nature is 98% being the best that it can be. There's only a 2% failure rate. And that's the tree planted in the wrong place that falls over or a storm comes and washes things away. But nature is basically perfect and successful. But humans are 98% unsuccessful. 
very, very few people are being the best that they can be. Because what is the being the being the best that you can be biologically? It doesn't just mean physically, it also means mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Yeah. So your biological purpose, being the best that you can be, means you being the best you can be mentally, emotionally, and spiritually as well, which means being the happiest. So you actually have a biological purpose to be happy, but most people aren't. And what's the difference? Well, the, the difference is what I thought was, well, what is the difference? Why, am, why are most people not happy? Why are most people not the best they can be? Why are they living with stress and problems, which don't make us the best that we can be at all? They take away from our ability to enjoy life. Yeah. And I thought, well, maybe nature, just carrying on with the biological model for a moment i thought maybe nature has surely it's provided some sort of law or mechanism or mechanics or system to ensure that everything is the best that it can be or at least is striving to be the best that it can be it can't have just made it you know made that the purpose without enabling it to, to be able to be the case and of course nature has provided every living thing with a machine or a, a mechanism to ensure and to strive for it being the best that it can be. And that is a brain. A brain exists for only one purpose for everything that's living. And that is to, to do its best to ensure that that living thing lives its best life, being the best that it can be so that it has the greatest chance of survival. And I thought, well, this is really interesting. We've got a brain and that's the purpose of our brain. It's not just to keep your breathing and your heart beating and, and all of that it's to to ensure or to strive to ensure that you are the best that you can be on every level mentally spiritually emotionally as well as physically so i thought well why what's why has it gone wrong what why aren't most people being the best they can be why did why did i used to not be the best that, that i can be and now i feel like i'm on a much better track and i think and i thought again well if you really look at it logically, the brain, like every other uh, mechanical or system that or, or function that organisms have, it is actually, it works like a machine. It's got a purpose, which is to achieve something, and it does it in a very specific way. So if you think about the brain as a machine, you know, think about a motor car. What is a motor car? It's a machine with a very specific purpose. It's designed to do one thing to get you from where you are to where you want to go. And it will do that efficiently, effectively, effectively, with certainty, it'll do that, and it'll give you an enjoyable ride. But there's only one reason why your car wouldn't do that, and that is if it's not being used the right way. If for some reason you're putting in the wrong fuel and you're not driving it properly, that's when you're going to end up with problems. So it's exactly the same, it turns out, with the human brain. The human brain is designed to make sure you are the best that you can be, to strive to be the best that you can be. And if you're, if it's, if you're not, all that's happening is you're using the machine the wrong way. That's what creates the problems in your life. Yeah. And when I started to study how the brain works, I could see why most people, not only why most people are using it the wrong way, but why I was using it the wrong way as well, and what I was do now doing differently. And really, that's the basis of what I share with people now. And it's it's such a liberating idea because it's like with a car. You wouldn't dream of getting into it and expecting it to take you anywhere if you didn't know how to drive it. And yet we all expect to use our brain not knowing, A, what its job is. We don't know that it's supposed to make us the best that we can be. We don't know that it's that it's its purpose and that it's 
not only can do it, it's what it's supposed to do. We don't know that. And we certainly have never been taught how to use it the right way. And that's really the, fu the foundation of all problems in the world, essentially. Okay, before we go there, I have some questions. Um, again, I, I want to pick apart what you're sharing. So in this metaphor for humans versus nature, I, I just want to share my perspective and ask you a question. What I see is nature is not struggling. Nature doesn't have fear and lack and limitation and worries, right? Nature isn't hustling, grind mentality, trying to make shit happen, which is, you know, what a lot of our conditioning is. We also have conditioning of competition and greed, and there's not enough to go around and power. And so I see that the difference between nature just being, you know, trees and blades of grass. And I love nature, but I think a, a big reason that we're so drawn to nature is the peace, stillness, the calm, the, you know, nature's very grounding, literally, especially if you're walking barefoot on the beach or the mountains. Um, it's this sense of ease. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's the same sense of ease we're supposed to live by. We're not supposed to struggle either. Yeah. So Nature doesn't struggle. Why do we struggle? For only one reason. We're not using the machine that we've been given to ensure that we don't struggle. We're not using it the right way. That's it. So let's share that because there is a big disconnect. And, you know, this is something I've been studying, especially the last three plus years, is understanding mental programming, how we've quote, and there's a book, you know, how to unfuck yourself. But really to understand your blocks, the limitations, the, and I, I want you to share your um, knowing of this, but what I've learned is that we have, you know, up until age seven, we're sponges. We're taking in everybody else's beliefs and programming and ideas. We take it as fact, although it's not fact. And so I would love to hear from you. Why aren't we using our brains quote correctly and what are those shifts we can do so we can get out of this struggle, so we can get into what you shared, being happy and harmony and ease? Well, the main thing you need to do, not you, but we all need to do, you know, if you if you want to use something the right way, if you, in other words, if you want to use a machine, I said this a bit earlier, but if you yeah. want to use a machine to get a result that it's designed to give you, all you need to do is understand how it works and yes. how it's designed. I mean, you don't, your motor car, you don't say, I don't know how this works. Maybe I should get behind it and push it along <laughs> to get me a hundred miles down the road. Yeah. And you, and you say, I'm going to do it with so much determination and belief yeah. and I'm going to have positive thinking and I'm going to pray and I'm going to achieve this thing. What yeah. happens? You hardly move if at all and you wear yourself out. And then, and then what do most people say in that situation, metaphorically speaking? They say, there's something wrong with me. I'm not putting in enough effort. I'm not yeah. determined enough. I, my, I, there must be some negative thoughts in my head, negative beliefs. I need to change. I need to put in more effort. And if they just realized it's nothing to do with your effort, you're just putting in the wrong effort because you don't understand how the whole process works, how, how a car works. And someone else comes along and says to you, why on earth are you doing it like that? You're supposed to enjoy the ride. That's what a car is there for. Yeah. And it's exactly the same with your brain. So the, I actually have found it's a lot more fundamental than, than all of this work we think we have to do on 
on uh, changing things about ourselves. We just need to understand how this machine works and let it do its job. And I've created a model which is based on science. You know, I can throw in all the technical scientific words if you like, but this is a model that anyone can understand, is very simple, is non-technical, but really explains how your brain works. And what I've found with people, when I explain this model, that's pretty well 90% of what you need to know. Because it's like with your car, once you know how it works, you, you don't need to get out from behind and push. You don't even dream of doing that. You say, well, that's ridiculous. I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. So that that's essentially how this model, which I'm I'm hoping you don't mind me sharing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, and I, I would agree, right? You have to understand to use it to your benefit. So yes, if you could at a very high level overview, what is the yeah. brain and how can we quote, just turn the key? Sure. Well, remember the brain is the most powerful computer that exists on the planet. It's got the computing power of 500 trillion computer microprocessors. So does it have the power to do its job, which is to create the ideal life for you so that you yes. live being the best that you can be? It sure does. It certainly does. So that you, you need to realize that to start with. But essentially, even though it's incredibly powerful, it works like any machine. You know, Ferrari is incredibly powerful, but it's, it's still fairly simple in the, way, in the way it works from a driver's perspective. So how your brain works, you've got four parts to your brain. And the first part, again, there's, there's technical words for these. These exist in physical places separately in your brain. But I, but I call them by their function. The first part is what I call your thinking brain. And your thinking brain, which is located on the top of your head, what this part of your brain does is it takes all of the information from your environment that, you're, that you experience in every moment. So everything from you, that you take in through your five senses, everything you see, smell, taste, touch, hear, all of the ideas you get, all of the thoughts you get, it takes all of this information and it stores it in this part of your brain. So this is like a library or a database of all of the information, all of the knowledge, everything that you have accumulated in your life in every moment, it's stored in this part of your brain. That's the thinking brain. The second part of your brain is the emotional brain or the feeling brain. This is located just below your thinking brain within, within your skull. But obviously, as the name suggests, this manages this part of your brain manages your emotions, how you feel. It, it dictates and determines how you feel on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. Everything from loving, great, good, happy, excited to stressed, afraid, worried, it's all managed by your emotional feeling brain. The third part of your brain is what I call your survival brain. And this manages everything to do with your moment-by-moment -moment survival, things you don't have to think about, of course. So everything about your physical body that keeps you alive, your breathing, heart rate, all your organs, all the processes, this is all managed in this part of your brain, the survival brain. So as the name suggests, it's there to ensure that you survive. Now, apart from all of the functioning of your body, there's one really important thing to do with your survival. And that is every once in a while, very rarely in, in this day and age, but every once in a while, something is going to come into your environment unexpectedly, which has the potential to harm you or even kill you. So if you go back to prehistoric times, which were a lot more dangerous than now, you know, you, the, the tribesman's walking down through the forest and a lion jumps out from behind a rock. So what happens then in your survival brain is your survival brain activates something 
which we call the fight flight freeze mechanism or a, a danger response and you react so your brain sees this danger and it sends out a signal in the form of an emotion called fear also called stress worry and anxiety that's yeah. a signal to activate this part of your brain which is called actually it activates something called the sympathetic nervous system and your survival brain kicks in with this reaction to this immediate threat so if it's the lion then you're going to run away or you're going to shout out for help or maybe stand and fight and get ready to fight whatever it is this is your brain directing an automatic response to eliminate that danger really important part of your survival is to have that function there to serve you to do that now the fourth part of your brain and this has only more recently been discovered and um, and researched by scientists as operating from a separate part of the brain this is what i call the creative brain now the creative part of your brain is the part that actually is responsible for managing your life to ensure that you are the best that you can be this is the part that is as i say really manages the rest of your brain the all it manages your emotional brain and your thinking brain and your survival brain but it works in quite a different way and it does different things so your creative brain this is where your creativity comes from it's where you get good ideas this is your creative brain at work it's where you get intuition where your intuition comes from you have this gut feeling about th something that feels right or it doesn't feel right and often when it comes to making decisions you know we make decisions and sometimes we make the wrong ones but we we talk about listening to the little voice inside our head that telling us to do something or not doing and that, that's always guiding us this is our creative brain our creative brain is also responsible for our motivation it's where we feel motivated to do things and we do the right things and it also is is where our awareness is located as well because our when you are operating from your creative brain your state of awareness is much much greater and you become aware of what the truth is about you and your environment and what's going on this is all part of your creative brain's function and part of your awareness is to realize and you do when you're really you operating fully from your creative brain which is what you're supposed to do this is how you thr thrive this is how you be your best through your creative brain is so you look at things that otherwise other people would call luck coincidence synchronicity chance events you realize yeah. These aren't chance events. You know that this is your creative brain bringing you the right people, bringing you the right circumstances to enable you to be the best that you can be and live your biological purpose. So the way you're supposed to live your, live your life, the way you're supposed to use your brain to be the best you can be, you're supposed to activate your creative brain all of the time, except for one time. There's only one time when feeling great, because remember this is your emotional state being your best as well. When you're feeling good, we often call this being in the flow in the zone many people have described this this state this of being our best in different ways science calls it homeostasis which means the perfect and optimal functioning of the organism which is what all organisms apart from humans actually do naturally all the time they live in this homeostasis state but where when we use our brain the right way we are in the state as well like all the rest of of life is but and, so, and, and there are other words for it called being in the flow, being in the zone. Artists and musicians and people talk about how, you know, composers say, I just heard the music and I wrote it down. I don't know mm -hmm. where it came from, but it, it's just there. 
So this is our natural state. This And this is us being our best. We're making the right decisions. We're avoiding making the wrong decisions. We're doing, we're being creative in our own unique way. We're being resourceful. We're being motivated and life is going great. But there's only one time when, when that's not useful. And that's when the lion comes running out at you from behind the rock. And what happens then in the brain is it shuts down that part of your brain because it takes all of the resources, your brain, your survival brain kicks in and by activating this sympathetic nervous system. And it takes all of the resources from anywhere else in your brain and in your body to, direct, to use those resources and all that energy to get rid of that immediate threat or danger. So if you need every ounce of your strength that you can to fight the lion, it's going to take that energy from, from other places where it's not useful. One of the things that shuts down when, you, when you're in the state is your digestion, which is why when people are stressed, they're often not hungry. They lose their appetite because your digestion gets shut down because digestion, you don't need that process when you're about to fight a lion. And you don't need all of these other creative processes from your creative brain when you're about to fight the lion either. In fact, they could be harmful because, you know, instead of you focusing on fighting the lion, your brain could be saying, well, look at the beautiful forest and the trees and, you know, life's not so bad after all. And maybe we've got a different way of looking at this. You'll be dead. So this is the way it's supposed to work. Your brain sees the lion coming, directs all of your energy, shuts down your creative brain, shuts down anything else that's not helpful, takes the energy and directs it to give, giving you whatever you need to do to get rid of that threat or danger. Then the brain sends a signal. All Everything's in the clear. Go back to being in your creative state. Go back to being the best that you can be. Being happy, enjoying life, and doing all the right things, and having all the right things happen. But there's a problem here. <clears throat> and the problem is, most people are in the state of survival most of the time. Oh, and what's the sign that you're in that state? You feel fear. You feel stress. You feel worry, you feel anxiety. When you feel fear, stress, worry, or anxiety, what's happening on a biological level is your brain is saying there's something that is an immediate threat to your survival that needs to be dealt with. And it puts you in this very limited negative state. Because remember, one of the things about when you're fighting a lion is you've got to be, your brain has to focus on all of the danger in your environment. Okay, there's the lion. How big is it? What's that other noise? Is there a snake in the grass? And it puts all of its um, attention into a very limited and very negative perspective to fight that danger. And of course, when you think about it, that's what happens to people when they feel worried and stressed. They only see the problems in their life. They only see the bad things. They don't have the bigger picture of who they are and what, <laughs> what life is really about. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to create their life using this part of the brain that is not designed to create their life. If you want to solve problems, the problem-solving part of your brain is in your creative is your creative brain. That has the answer to all your problems. That has the answer to every goal that you really need to have. That has the answer to what you really want. That has the answer to how to get what you want. That's all in your creative brain. And when you feel fear, stress, worry, anxiety, you shut all that off. You block all that off. And what do you do then? You try and figure everything out. You try and struggle. You try and overcome things. You try and force yourself to do things and what do you end up doing you end up doing a lot of the wrong things you yeah. end up not being fulfilled you end up chasing after the wrong goals and the ultimate um, lesson in all of this when you realize that you say right well that's all. okay so how do i use my brain the right way you live in your creative state and only 
activate your survival mechanism when something is real that's about to about to harm you and the activator is fear fear is the toxin fear is the poison okay so hold on hold on sorry i know that people listening to this this might be new to them so i just want to slow down Mm. and back it up a minute so what you're sharing is and, and people may have heard this in a in a different angle when we're living in quote survival mode when we're unconscious autopilot going through life's motions living in that analytical and i have this conversation a lot with potential clients and male clients Men seem to be very dominated, analyzing, logical, trying to figure things out. And what what I hear is that they they have that mind-body disconnect. They are not connected to, quote, you're saying the creative brain. So what I want to share with people is, you're right, when we live in a stressed out state, fear, that's what creates dis-ease in the body, all of the health issues that we have. That's a whole nother rabbit hole we could go down. So I would 100% agree much of society is living from the survival mode and that's why they're seeking and have that pull. I want to be happy and fulfillment and passion and purpose, but how do we share to get out of that unconscious state of living back into flow and ease and what I call quote, being mindful and intentional. How do you get out of that? Well, the way to do that is to realize what, how the machine works if someone said to you with your motor car um we've got this new fuel that everyone's raving about it's great fuel it's called hydrochloric acid so pour that into your fuel tank and you you say hang on um are you what are you on about everyone knows if you put hydrochloric acid into your fuel tank you're going to damage the vehicle it's the wrong fuel and they say no no this is a different type of hydrochloric acid and everybody else is talking about using this hydrochloric acid in their car as well. And you know, some people have problems, but but if you really believe and if you're positive about it and you're strong and, and you just listen to what I'm saying, it'll be okay. Everything, it'll be fine. And you go, look, I don't care what you say. I don't care how many other people are using it. I don't care what the justification is. I understand if I put hydrochloric acid in my car, it's going to damage the car. It's not going to do its job properly. So what we need to realize is that that's what fear is. Fear is the Mm -hmm. hydrochloric acid Mm -hmm. that puts your brain in the wrong place to to achieve your purpose to be the best that you can be. If you're putting hydrochloric acid into your brain, and what's that in the form of? That's in the form of negativity. Anything that that makes you feel bad emotionally is putting you in the wrong state, and you're finished. All you can yeah. do is survive in that state. You're going to make wrong decisions. You're going to react. You're going to make things worse. You're going to be stressed. And it's all because you're putting in the wrong fuel. Well, is that, that, that's the main thing. So okay. when you understand that, you go, well, I know, the, I know the problem now. Anything that's making me feel bad, I need to find a way to get that out of my life. I understand feeling good, feeling activating my creative brain through feeling good. That's the answer. I'll never be able to do it. Just won't work any other way and so that's when you have to say on a tech because people want to know what do i do how do i do this how do i start using my creative brain yeah and of course wanting a quick fix that's another function of your your survival brain as well because when you're in survival state you just want to you just want to react your brain is saying find i'll find you something that's a quick fix it'll just get rid of the problem that's what it's designed to do it's not it doesn't provide any long-term solutions for you yeah. But a quick fix, which isn't so quick, is to say, 
what can I shut out of my life that's making me feel bad? And we have choices. I'll turn off that TV article. I'll stop talking to that person. I'll stop talking to that person about that subject. I'll change the subject. I won't go and see those people for as long as I normally would. I'll maybe get let that employee go. I'll get rid of that part of my business that isn't working right, that's causing me all the stress. I'll get rid of that relationship that's not caused, that's not working right, that I've been in for 30 years and never, it's just not right for me. Yeah. When you realize what's at stake, those aren't difficult decisions to make because then you get, and then you get to realize that you don't need to try and struggle and force this and, and force this and figure all the stuff out. Your brain is naturally going to do this for you. That's what it's designed to do. You're, going, you're designed to be like the rest of nature where you're hungry, some food appears. You want to do something, you feel wanting to do something, the right thing shows up. That's the way nature is. That's the way you're supposed to be. Funnily enough, in the Bible, it actually talks about all of this. The Bible is one of the, you know, many people profess to be Christians. I used to be a practicing Christian and I, and I studied the Bible as well. But no one made me realize the Bible is actually one of the best instruction manuals on how to use your brain the right way. But we've never in interpreted it the right way. Because in the Bible, it says more than 360 times, be not afraid. Be mm. not afraid. Have no fear. Have, have faith. Trust. Now, it's not saying try not to worry so much and, you know, just everything will be, you know, try and figure out what you're worried about and, and, and realize that everything's going to be okay and try and remove, remove a little bit of worry from your life. But, and worry is natural and worry is, you know, it's normal to be stressed, so don't worry about it. It doesn't say that. It says be not afraid. It's an instruction. It's an order. It's the instruction manual because when you're afraid, you're putting your brain in the wrong state. The disempowered state, that's not the part that's that is going to design your life. And it even says in the Bible, give no thought for tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Do not worry about what you shall eat, drink, or wear. These things will be provided for you. And just like it's provided for in the rest of nature without having to worry about it, without having to struggle for it. Your brain has the power, the ability, and the purpose to do that for you. You're there to enjoy the ride. You're here to enjoy the experience as an adventure, not to struggle with problems and stress. So wherever you look at it, this is biological, this is scientific, and it's even been taught in, in religion, that fear is the enemy. Anything that makes you feel bad alters your, your, the, the state of your brain to, to prevent the part that's really supposed to be in control of your life from doing its job. And of course, the way to do that, how can you trust your creative brain? How can you stop worrying once you've stopped putting all this negative stuff in is once you start that you have to trust, but you only trust when you understand something. You know, when you walk out a 10 story building, you know, you're going to go down. You trust that's going to happen. In fact, our life, our lives are full of trust. We trust that when we drive along the road, everyone coming towards us is going to be on the other side of the road. We trust the sun's going to come up tomorrow morning. We trust we're going to breathe this next second and when our heart's going to beat. So our life is actually based on trust. And the reason we trust all those things is because we know that's how it works. We don't have to think about it. We don't have to worry about stressing ourselves about how to try to figure it out or try to interfere with it. We know that's how it works. And it's the same when you understand this is how your brain works. You can just, you go, that's how it works. I trust that it's going to do its job. It's designed to do it. As long as I do my part and using it the right way, that's results are guaranteed. That's it. 
So here's what I want to ask you, because my perception, my takeaway from what you just shared, because of course we want to know how. So my four steps on quote, how to tap into this creative brain, how to get in the flow. Here's what I heard from you. Number one, we've got to, I kind of wrote down like detox, eliminate, release those ways of thinking and being that aren't serving you, our environment, et cetera. So an elimination Step two I heard is that shift in perception from fear and then kind of into this whole idea of faith, trust, living from joy. And the final piece I got from you is the present because I think that's what creates so much stress for people is worrying about the future or what could have been, what they should have done, and nobody's present, right? Well, the, the, the ultimate place of true um, of letting go, go of fear is the present that is the only time you actually do let go of fear because you're right most people you know life is based on perception it's what you think things mean it's not yeah. what's actually happening and if you change your awareness you, you change the meaning of things and actually think your life does actually change but besides all of that when you're in the present moment that's as i said that's the only time you're not afraid you're not worried about the future you're not thinking about the future you're not worried about what might have happened in the past. You're not trying to figure things out with your thinking brain, which remember, right. it's not designed to figure out your life. It's a library of your, your knowledge. It's not the, the reservoir of infinite knowledge that knows everything about you. It's just a, just a library, a database. So when you're in the present moment, that's the only time you release fear. That's the only time you really trust and just let the process happen. Let the right things happen without any expectation or attachment to outcomes or anything like that. Now, of course, people say, okay, well, I need to be in the present moment. And we've come up with all sorts of rituals and ways and methods to try and really teach us how to stay in the present moment. Mm -hmm. But when you understand, when you really trust, you go, wow, it's a bit like you get in a car and you say, I'm off for a great ride here today and I'm just going to enjoy it. You let go, you trust because you know that this is that it's going to do its job. So yeah. when you start to understand how your brain works and how your creative brain works, you can go, the more you understand it, the more you can actually trust it because you're not really trusting it at all. You just know that's the way it works. And the beauty with this is, is too, once you start using your creative brain, so once you start eliminating all the stuff that's coming into your life that's making you feel bad, maybe not all of it, but a lot of it, once you start to see better things happen in your life, someone comes along and you go, oh, I wonder how that happened or what, where, where they come from or how that business opportunity or idea came from. Well, once you start to see it in action in your own life, the miracles, if you like, quote unquote, starting to happen, yeah. you go, well, this is great. And then you do more of it and you trust more because you understand more. And then it just snowballs. And then your life becomes this adventure, which it's supposed to be. And you play your part, which is to act on what's happening, but you know you're always doing the right thing. You know that everything's going to turn out the right way. And all you have to do is, is do what you're designed to do, which is just enjoy being here right in this moment. Okay. So my question for you, back to this, a car metaphor. How, how, what would be a key takeaway to share with people how to shift into that creative brain as your automatic gear? All you need to do, get rid of fear. Find every way you can to get rid of fear. Because... What's really happening in your brain when you feel afraid is you're driving a car and your brain is seeing all these imaginary lions rushing out at you. Mm. They're not there. 
there's no threats to your immediate survival in this moment. Someone comes along, you know, if somebody's not doing, if your business isn't doing well, is that a threat to your immediate survival? You're not going to die because your business isn't doing well. So, but we have all these imaginary lions cropping up in our head. So it really is quite simple. It's to say, I've just got to, to do everything I can to eliminate fear. You don't need to try and trying to figure out what to do. This is all a function of your survival brain. Remember, yeah. you don't need to figure it out. You just need to say, I'm going to trust that if I get rid of the hydrochloric acid, which is fear, my brain's going to do the right job. And then I can just enjoy the ride. That's all I need to do. I don't, I don't need to try and figure things out. I don't need to go back and, and try and analyze anything. Yeah. Just like you don't with a car, you don't go in the, under the hood and look at all the wires and try and figure out how everything works. You just know it does. But there's another really important thing, of course, once you've stopped eliminating the fear, you have to deal with the stuff that's already in there. And you talked about this earlier, how we're bombarded, programmed, whatever you want to call it, from birth, that life's a struggle, life's hard, you have to work hard, you have to set lots of goals, you have to you'll deal with adversity and problems and, and, and you have to learn more and you have to find all these. We're taught that life is a struggle. So you have your brain has, from your birth, created all of these associations mm -hmm. to come up to the conclusion that your life is dangerous, that you're surrounded by lions all the time. So once you've stopped putting all the stuff in that's making you feel bad to stop your brain working right, you still have to deal with the things, the lions, the, the imaginary lions that your brain's already created in there. And I've actually created a process called neurostate rebalancing, which helps you do that. It helps your brain see the difference between a real danger and an imaginary one. And once it does that, the only time you feel fear is when a lion's about to attack you. You don't feel fear about your situation. And the beauty with that is your situation changes. So you don't have anything to fear anyway, because you're, that's the way you're supposed to live. That's what your brain is going to create for you. It's going to get rid of your problems. It's going to make you make sure you don't do the wrong thing. It's going to make you sure you do the right thing. That's what it's there to do. And it's a, it's a different experience. And it's what the 2% of people who experience true happiness, true fulfillment in their life, that's what they do. That's the difference. So I'm curious, is there a morning ritual or a daily practice you have to help you stay in this state of alignment, flow, ease? What are you doing? Well, the only thing I'm really doing is being mindful of how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. So if I feel bad, then I say to myself, What's causing me to feel bad? And why am, why am I letting it feel bad? So if somebody, you know, we live on a boat, so every day is different. And we get held up sometimes. Or the weather's not right. Or, you know, somebody, we can't leave where we're staying at the right time. And if I get annoyed by that, I think, well, why am I getting annoyed? Because what, what's happening is my brain is saying, that's a danger to you. That's a threat. Whatever that person is doing or whatever that situation is, is could be harmful to you when it's not. So I'm, what I, I'm very mindful of is what am I allowing to make me feel bad and then realizing that it's all, it's just a lack of perspective yeah. on my part. Yeah. I so love that. I don't it? have any, any rituals. Yeah. It's a moment by moment thing of being aware of how you're feeling. Yeah. Am I trusting? Am I letting go? Am I just saying, am I worried about something or trying to trying to figure something out? Now, of course, every now and then, if you're working on a project, then you might have things to figure out, but you don't do it out of struggle then. You do it out of creativity and you yeah. do it at the right time. Yeah. 
at the end of the day, life is not an external game. It's an internal game. It's all about your brain and your mind, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and it's how you think and how you see things and how you use your brain. That's what creates your external reality. Most people, the 98%, are out trying to change their world yeah. so that on the outside so that they, they feel better on the inside. That's the opposite to the way it works. Yeah. When you feel better on the inside, your brain activates the right part to make the outside better. That's it. And that's the biological explanation, if you like, for all the sort of law of attraction type stuff. But it actually does work. This is how it works on a bio biological level. Again, it says this in the Bible. It says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and everything else will be added to you. And you say, what's the kingdom of heaven? It says that in the Bible as well. The kingdom of heaven is within you. Yeah. How do you, how do you seek the kingdom of heaven? You be like little children. Yeah. What do little children do? They live in the moment. Right. They enjoy life. They're not worried about the future. They're not setting stressed out and setting goals and and uh, trying to figure stuff out. They're just having a good time, enjoying the moment. Yeah. That's how our brain works. That's how you, you're designed to work, and that's how your life is designed to be. I love that, and I think that's something to really highlight. And then, uh, for time, we need to wrap up the interview. But ultimately, you said, and again, it's conditioning that everybody's trying to change the external, but I a hundred percent agree when you do the internal work, the external reflects it. It's an inside job. I love that. So here's what I want to ask you. It's just about getting rid of fear. That yes. All you need to, you only have one enemy in your life and that's fear. Anything that makes you feel bad puts you in the wrong brain state yeah. and ruins your chances of your machine operating properly. So that's the only, only game in town is to, is to, yeah. Eliminate fear, unnecessary fear, which yes. is most of it. We're not right. being attacked by lions every five minutes these days. That, you know, our brains was, were designed 30 million years ago, whenever it was, when we were surrounded by danger. We don't have any danger now, apart from the ones we create in our head. Couldn't agree more. So here's what I want to ask you to wrap up the interview. Number one, what is a quote or motto that you live by? Take the first step and the next will be revealed. I love that. Okay, second question. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? Um, I don't read many books these days because um, I'm not attracted. Books aren't attracted to me. I've read so many books. But a really good book, I, I, I take it you're referring to a book that um, there's two really good books. One is called Pakun by Spike Milligan. It's the funniest book you will ever read in your life. Every page, you know, it's very difficult to make a book funny. This is an absolute classic. It was written about 30 or 40 years ago. I read that. Why? Because it makes me feel good and it activates my creative brain. So classic book. Um, and the other book I'd really recommend, if you want something a little bit more thinking stuff, is called A Rich Man's Secret by a man called Ken Roberts. And that's where that quote comes from. And he is, a, this, is a, this was sort of autobiographical. He's still around. He's a great guy. He had a business in the 1990s where he had a million customers, 500 staff, two private jets. He, he ran sem, seminars on financial trading all around the world. And, and I've interview, interviewed him on my own podcast. And it, it's from his book that he says, take the first step and the next will be revealed. Because as he said to me, Liam, I could never have put any of that on a goals list. 
I would have limited my life by writing down goals mm. rather than taking the next step without fear and seeing what shows up and trusting. He explains it in a different way to the to why I, way I explain it. Mine's a more practical, scientific way, if you like. But, the, but that's the proof. When you trust, when you allow your brain to do its job, the right things will show up and you will act on them. Yes. And it doesn't need to be a struggle. And I don't know about you, I'd rather spend my life doing good things and making a huge ton of progress in a positive direction rather than struggling with overcoming problems that keep really holding me back. So there, there are a couple of books. All that's, right. That's the short version. Final question. <laughs> short what, advice, what advice would you give your younger self? I don't think I'd give my younger self any advice because my younger self did everything perfectly. Mm. Everyone's, I honestly feel that I haven't made any mistakes in my life. Everything's been absolutely perfect. Yeah. From one viewpoint, from a survival brain, limited awareness viewpoint, I might say I made lots of mistakes. You know, I, I, I ended up losing everything. I've had different things happen to me. But, yeah. uh, but on a state of high awareness, I see the perfection in everything. So I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't say to my younger self, do anything different. Yeah. Everybody is on their own unique path. Yeah. Everybody is unique. And part of the problem we have in society is everyone's comparing themselves to someone else or other people. You are unique. If you allow your creative brain to, to operate properly, you'll be astounded at how your uniqueness is expressed and how amazing that makes you feel and how much you contribute to the world, to other people through love and contribution, as well as to yourself. Another yeah. short answer. No, I, yeah, you're very good at those. No, I love that. And I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Liam, this was such a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Heather. I've really enjoyed it too. And um, I hope your listeners get some value out of it. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. I'd love it if you could leave a review and remember to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. If you haven't yet, connect with me on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll catch you on the next episode.